Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. First of all, say thank you so much for those of you who came out Friday morning and helped us set up at Old Home Day for our Pembroke Allenstown Old Home Day. And uh, you guys really have a servant's heart. We, we weren't there with a booth or anything for the big splash of, hey, come to Grace Capital Church, but, but we just were serving a community. So thank you so much for that. I also want to acknowledge um, if Zatoni is here. Zatoni, if you just stand up real quick. Uh, this is Zatoni. Guys, just turn, back, turn around right here. This is Zatoni's last Sunday. She's been a prayer warrior at Grace Capital Church. Their family's moving. Thank you so much. We want to acknowledge you. Um, I also wanted to just let you know that this is the last message in this series, The King is Kingdom. Um, next Sunday, we'll take a little breather before we jump into our next series. Uh, next Sunday, you don't want to miss it. We have a guest speaker, Mike Mercer from Compassion First, um, who has a ministry to, uh, to rescue girls, but also to uh, work with rehabilitating women who have been in the sex trade who have been sex trafficked um, in Indonesia. And uh, you want, he has a great story and a great uh, testimony of the work that they're doing that. So you, you don't want to miss next week. But we will be starting a new series. And I, I really want to encourage you, as you get back into the rhythms of life, that is the name of the next series, is Rhythms. This fall is a way that we can kind of re-engage, kind of get our, our schedules back in in order, but I, I really want to encourage you to um, start coming on a regular basis now that vacations are done with, um, because we really are going to be talking about these rhythms that are going to help your life thrive um, leading up into this fall season. So you, you don't want to miss that as well. So we'll be starting that in September. Well, let's pray and then we'll get going on the morning. Father, we thank you again so much for. Um, allowing us to be here together to serve one another, to worship you, and then also, Lord, to get into your word that's going to change our hearts and change our life. That today, Lord, today we're going to leave different because we came to church. And Lord, I just thank you so much for what you're doing in each of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. The king and his kingdom is what we've been talking about for the last several weeks. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to 1 Corinthians 6. 1 Corinthians 6, and when you find it, you're going to see the, both these verses on the screen. Then you're going to turn there, you're going to put something in your finger, you're going to put a piece of paper, a bookmark, and then you're going to go to Galatians 5 uh, as well. I want you to find both of these. They're kind of complementary verses. They're written by the same person. The Apostle Paul has written these to different churches, first to the church in Corinth, and then next to the church in Galatia. And he is um, speaking about these things as it relates to those who inherit the kingdom of God. Now, it's important for us to understand this word inheritance. It's, it's, a, it's a word that's used in this scripture because... When you think about an inheritance, it is actually something that wasn't yours, but that somebody, they possessed it and they gave it to you. If you're thinking about an inheritance that a family member has left you, or we hope they might leave us, right? An inheritance, it doesn't belong to us initially, but it is given to us. Well, I also want us to think about this before we get in there. How many people today would say, you know, I feel uh, lonely. I feel almost depressed. I feel a little bit down. I feel these feelings on the inside that like I'm kind of 
life isn't going so great and why can I get on top of it and what, you know, then we're trying to manage those feelings. You know, why is it that we don't, we're not seeing the joy or the peace and we're going to be talking about some of those feelings that we have and, and knowing how it is that we might be able to find more joy, more peace in our life. So here we go. We're going to start in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, starting in verse, sorry, chapter 6, starting in verse 9. It says this. Or do you not know the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? That word inherit, he wants you to inherit, but he's saying the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor rivalers, where those are like rivaling is like you're kind of, you know, stirring up um, negativity, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, in other words, set apart, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. And you're going to say, Pastor Mark, really, you're going to be talking about Thieves, homosexuality, greedy, drunkenness. Yes, I am. Okay, so let's just jump over here for a second to Galatians because there's a complementary verse, and we're going to jump in there. Galatians 5, verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexually immorality, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. Do you notice he could keep going on, but then he just says, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. All right, so in that list, how many people would say that you have never done any one of those things? Raise your hand. Oh. So we find ourselves in this scripture, every single one of us. And I bet if I were to ask you again, you know, where do you find yourself? Does anybody have a burst of anger recently? How many people have coveted something of somebody else's and, and you have some greed in you? And he's saying that you won't inherit the kingdom of God. So what does that mean? If I've got greed in my life, if I've got anger, if I've got sexual immorality, if I've got sexual impurity, you know, can I, does that mean I'm not going to heaven? And remember what we said about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is actually here and now. He wants us to inherit some things, the qualities of the kingdom, but he's saying we cannot inherit those qualities and live in the kingdom as long as we're living for the flesh. Can everybody say flesh? Instead, he wants us to live by the Spirit. And in Galatians, 
If you are still there where we just finished up, because right after what we read, those who will not inherit the kingdom of God, and he says those are the things of the flesh, go on to say, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with, the, with its passions and desires. So there's two things that we need to be mindful of that really determine whether or not we're going to inherit the kingdom of God. One is how well are we growing the flesh, feeding the flesh, living for the flesh, or how well are we growing and living for the spirit of God who wants to reside in us, flesh spirit. So if we realize that the kingdom of God is to be lived here and now, and the reality is is we're not going to inherit the kingdom of God, and I would say this, I would try to remove the thought of the kingdom of God as heaven. I think the misunderstanding sometimes, people read this and say, well, those of those people who have those works of the flesh that we just listed are not going to go to heaven, I don't believe is correct. I believe it's saying that there are things of the kingdom that we're to be living in that will give us life and freedom, and it'll give us that whole list of the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and self-control. And in those places is where we find life and freedom. See, living for the flesh becomes the things that entrap us, and it actually starts to rob us and deplete us. You know, when the Bible, we've been talking about the kingdom of God, always at the end of it, Jesus uses these terms where there will be sorrow and weeping and gnashing of teeth. There's another version that says gnashing of teeth, which is grinding your teeth. And if you could think of your times in your life when you find that there is weeping in your life. In other words, life's not going so great and you're grinding your teeth, meaning you've got, you're frustrated. I would then say, is that because we're living for the flesh and not living for the spirit? Now I get it. When there is loss, I understand the deep pain of loss. Not to the extent some of you, I know today, There are people here who have lost loved ones recently and the pain of that. For some here today, I understand that your marriages have not succeeded and there's pain in a failed marriage. I know some of you here today have have lost things in your life. Last week, I sent my son away to university. And when they were in the auditorium and I was sitting there with my son and they say you have seven and a half minutes to say goodbye to your boy son or daughter and I uh, I have to say there were a few moments where the tears were running down my face and this week I felt the, lo- the loss and and I have the choice in that loss to say hey, am I going to start living for the flesh because when you're feeling pain when you're feeling lost the, the flesh cries out and say why don't you just mask it with something. Preoccupy your mind. Go ahead and do this or do that. And then you find your, your, your temper might not be where it needs to be, that you find you might have a short fuse. You might have all these other things. And then you're questioning, 
wow, do I fall in the, the, the list of the works of the flesh or am I seeing the works of the Spirit in my life? And I have to say that this week I have seen more works of the flesh in my life than works of the Spirit. And I questioned that and I said, why is that, Lord, that I feel this level of frustration on the inside? And, and it was because the Lord reminded me, it says, are you building up your spirit? Are you living for the spirit or are you living for your flesh? And you see, when we feel things, then we think that we try, need to feel better by using the tools of the world, And I'll tell you, the tools of the world to feel better actually only take us away from the kingdom of God and doesn't place us in the kingdom of God. Now, the question I have for you is, if you're living for your flesh, I would have to say that you're on the throne because you're making the decision to say, I want to live this way. You know, in John 14, verse 15, it says, If you love me, you will obey my commands. In other words, if you understand this relationship that God wants to have with you, he says you will want to do the right thing because you understand if you don't, it actually removes you out of the kingdom of God. Not heaven or hell. I'm talking about experiencing his authority in your life, his presence in your life, his peace in your life. Okay, let's breathe for a moment. I've been just, go, 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 go. There's two kingdoms. Kingdom of this world that is ruled by you and your flesh. And the kingdom of God where Jesus sits on the throne, where he wants to rule by, he's called the prince of peace, where he wants to give you peace, where he wants to give you joy, where he wants to give you faithfulness, goodness, patience, freedom. But as long as we still have this choice, and he does give us a choice because he's a loving father, but as long as we keep feeding our flesh, it actually takes us away from the kingdom of God. And then we wonder why there is weeping and gnashing of teeth or grinding of teeth. It's a trick of the enemy. That when he he realizes that it's like you have feelings, you have loss, you have these disappointments in life, then try to feed. The enemy says, try to feed, try to fix, and try to feel better by all the pleasures and sensuality of the world. And by the way, that whole list is all about feeding your flesh. Greedy, drunkenness, rivalry, swinders homosexuality. It says those won't inherit the kingdom of God. Why? Because their flesh is the king at that point. That person places themselves on the throne of their own lives and they're wondering, they're feeding their flesh and they're wondering why it still leaves them so empty. It's because they're not in the kingdom of God. And I believe today each one of us can choose today and tomorrow to live either for the king or live for your flesh. And then the result of it will be weeping and gnashing of teeth or peace and joy. Doesn't mean life's perfect over here. 
where there's peace and joy, but it means that the Spirit of God is dwelling in you. And now the inheritance, remember, it's a gift. You didn't earn it. You didn't, the gift comes to you. And then you're like, oh my word, why was I living for myself before? Because when you receive that gift of his presence and his peace and his joy, he realizes something I didn't earn. The question is, who's on the throne? And here the reality is he's so loving for us. He's so loving. He gives us the choice. He allows us to put ourselves on the throne if he, he allows us to do that. But he also tells you that that work of the flesh is going to leave you empty Depressed, full of sorrow, full of bitterness, anger, selfishness. If we're on the throne, we're living for our flesh. If we want Jesus on the throne, we allow his spirit to dwell in us. So the question is, who is on the throne of your heart? If you were to walk away today and I want you to think of one thing, I want you to ask this question, who is on the throne of your heart? Because the kingdom of God resides in us. And either we're on the throne, living for our own sensuality, living for our own pleasures, or Jesus is on the throne. When he says, if you love me, you will obey my commands... I think he's talking about that relationship. I, I love that this week at youth group, I wasn't there, but I heard it, and I get to be the beneficiary of it. But Tara, who's one of our youth leaders, gave the teenagers a love challenge, and they said, if you really want to show your parents that you love them, obey them. And all the parents said, yeah. Amen. Yeah, I'm the beneficiary of that teaching. Good job, Tara. But what, it, what does it do? Because I wasn't there, but I heard, it, I heard this study afterwards. It says, it, the, and it's biblical, and it says it comes with a blessing. If you honor your mom and dad, if you obey them, it comes with a reward. It comes with a blessing. And that's the way it is with God and his word. And allowing his spirit, if you obey his spirit, it comes with a blessing. And the blessing is you receive an inheritance of his kingdom, which are the qualities of his kingdom in your life. I don't know about you, but if I had a choice of saying the kingdom of God or not the kingdom of God... Yes, our minds say we want the kingdom of God, but the way that we accomplish that is we have to die to our flesh. It means we have to say, you know what? I don't want to keep living for me. I want to live for Jesus. I found that times in my life where I started getting a little bit more agitated on the inside were the times in my life where I got preoccupied, I got busy, and I didn't spend time with my relationship with the Lord. Has anybody else been there? 
And I wonder if I don't spend the time with him that if I realize that my sensitivity to the voice of his spirit in my life becomes a little bit distracted and I'm not hearing his words as clearly and his word is not so clear in my life. And I wonder why there's that direct connection of feeling like maybe I'm spending more time living for my flesh, but as a direct result is I'm actually less happy. There's less joy. There's less peace in my life. Because maybe, just maybe, I was spending too much time putting myself on the throne and not enough time putting Jesus on his throne. So how do I keep him on his throne? Well, it really is about this relationship. And I want to challenge us, and this is as we're getting into the fall rhythm and routines, we're going to be challenging you to be in groups. We're going to be challenging you to serve. We're going to be challenging you to have a devotional life, to be journaling through God's word. And then those habits are really meant to that we can keep the kingdom of God alive in our hearts where there is life and prosperity in our lives, where there's greater joy, where there's greater peace, where there's greater faithfulness, where there's greater patience, greater gentleness. Is Jesus the king or are you still on the throne? And by the way, I believe this is why this has really kind of shaken me up a little bit because sometimes when I read that, oh, the kingdom of God is, you could either go, this is heaven, and so therefore all those people who are of the works of the flesh will not experience heaven. And I would say, guess what? If we find ourselves in that list, then we know that, hey, we put ourselves in that story too. We are saved by grace, not by our works. And this is the interesting thing. We can't earn our salvation, but we can choose to put Jesus on his throne, which gives us peace. I want this church to be so filled with joy. I want this church to be so filled with this heart of serving others. I want this church to be so at peace. The people of this church... And the only way that will happen is if we inherit the kingdom of God by keeping Jesus on the throne. The worship team wants to come at this time. I'm going to ask this again. Who is on the throne of your heart? Who is on the throne of your heart? As we conclude this series on the king and his kingdom... Know this, that Jesus loves you so much. And if he could save a crazy person like me who's done all kinds of crazy, stupid stuff, he can save a person like you. But it goes beyond salvation. It's whether or not we're going to choose to make him the Lord of our life. that we're going to choose to allow his kingdom to reside in us, to be manifest in us, that we would inherit the kingdom of God. Or do we say the prayer to ensure we're in heaven, but then live hell on earth? 
Because apart from the kingdom of God is actually the kingdom of this world, which is kind of hellish, right? When you live for your flesh, life doesn't turn out so great. It really becomes hell on earth. If anybody has journeyed that, which I have, you understand what I'm talking about. Hell becomes real on earth. That's what living for the flesh does. It allows hell to manifest through our lives on earth. But instead, we want heaven to reign through us. The kingdom of God to be on display for all the world to see. Where we would find this joy and this peace that this earth and this world cannot give us. But it only can be given by the inheritance of the kingdom of God. But the only way that I see scripture has showed that for us, it's to keep Jesus on the throne. And to keep us off of the throne. (laughs) Sometimes it's hard to do. But that's why this relationship with Jesus, not a prayer, not an idea, not a one-time Jesus out there, but this everyday relationship with our Father in heaven becomes real, becomes alive, becomes so evident in our lives that we love spending time with him. And then we whispers, hey, you know what? I need you to do this. My word says this. With great joy, we would say, we want to follow your commands. We want to do what's right, Spirit, because I live by the Spirit, not by flesh. So, Father, I pray that today we would make a decision to say, Jesus, you are on the throne of my heart. And the areas of my life, because, Lord, you're pointing to me, You're talking to me as I'm talking to this congregation. There are areas where I still sit on the throne of my life. Will you graciously and gently take me off of the throne? I willfully, Lord Jesus, come off of the throne of my own heart. Jesus, I also know today in this room there are many who walk with sorrow, many who continue to walk with pain. Jesus, I pray that they would try to not fight on their own because it's not their battle to fight. Jesus, you want to be on the throne in the midst of that situation as well. Let us not rise up and say, oh, I'll fight through this. I'll do this. I'll make it work. Because, Jesus, we're living by our flesh, not by your spirit. Help us to continue to surrender to you, Lord Jesus, as the Lord of our lives. We want you to the throne of our hearts. Well, everybody's eyes are still closed just in this moment. I'm wondering if there's some here today that said, you know what, I've, I've once decided to follow Jesus, but, you know, I show, my, show up today, 
No, I'm not doing a pretty, I'm not doing a great job following. But there's something stirred in your heart and it says, you know what, I, I want to do a better job. I want to put you the Lord of my life. I want to put you back on the throne of my heart. And if that's you, just raise up your hand. Just raise up your hand all over here. Raise up your hand. Raise it up. Raise it up until you feel like the Lord has given you permission to put it down. Because the, the raising of the hand signifies that, Jesus, I don't want to live for myself. I want to live for you, and I want to put you on the throne. Thank you. Put your hands down. Is anybody here today that would say, you know, I've never made the decision to follow Jesus. And today would be your day that you want to start. And if that's you, if you just slip up your hand and look at me when you put up your hand, I just want to acknowledge you. Is there anybody here who says, I've never asked Jesus in my life before, but today I want that to be the day. Anybody here? Okay. So Father, for all of us who are recommitting ourselves to this fresh and ongoing relationship with you, Give us the courage to take ourselves off of the throne of our heart and place you, Jesus, on the throne of our hearts. We seal that in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com. 